Hey guys, quick update from the podcast. Our next audio documentary series is going live Monday, August 30th. It's called Slaying Satyev. It's a story about the biggest upset in wrestling history. We put a ton of time into these audio documentaries. Our last one was The Smiths. Slaying Satyev is coming August 30th. It would mean the world to us if you checked out all four episodes on Monday, August 30th, right here on this platform. Ellis pinned me in sectionals and he did his workout after it with like a Bulgarian bag. And he told the newspaper, I think it was uh, like the workout after the match was harder than even the real match. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta be teammates with this guy. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, that's good wrestling. If they gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Welcome to Wrestling Changed My Life. It's a beautiful Monday here in Chicago, IL, 7.01 a.m., we have a great episode for you today. Before we get to it, a shout out to the great Kennedy Blades on a junior world title this past weekend over in Russia. She pinned her foe in the finals in about 17 seconds. Her sister Karina also got a bronze medal, so shout out to those Illinois ladies getting the job done. Our guest today, folks, is an Illinois legend himself, Chris Dardanes. He was a one-time state champ at Oak Park River Forest where his head coach was Mike Powell, one of my favorite people. Chris then went on to wrestle at the University of Minnesota, where he was a three-time All-American. He went on to wrestle at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, coached at South Dakota State, and is now the head coach at Perry High School in Perry, Iowa. So I love this conversation. It was recorded Friday, August 13th in person. Chris and I met at the Holiday Inn in Des Moines, just hours before the Stalemate Street League event, which Chris wrestled in. So thanks again, Chris. Let's get to the show. Fan of the week grows to Greg Warren. Greg had some very kind things to say on Twitter about the Matt Gaffari episode. So thank you, Greg Warren. That's at Greg Warren on Twitter. As always, folks, wrestling changed my life. Proudly presented by our friends at Spartan Combat. Wrestling season is just around the corner. And for all you coaches out there, Please consider Spartan Combat for your next custom team apparel order. Whether it's custom singlets, warm-ups, t-shirts and shorts, SpartanCombat.com is where you can place all those orders. And that's it, folks. Without further ado, let's give it up to the Bulldog, Chris Dardanes. My man. 
Chris Dardanes, welcome to the podcast, brother. How are you? Ryan Warner, man. Good to finally meet meet up again. I man. know. I'm excited. I know. How'd you get hooked into this stalemate situation? So it was just, I think it was a, a friend of a friend in Iowa that I'm living with just kind of texted him and said something about it. And I was like, sure, man, I'll get into it. I'm wrestling every day. I'm on the mat. Uh, now I'm with young kids now. So yeah. Trying to stay young, uh, it's hard, you know, feeling a little bit banged up, elbows, you know, I'm feeling pretty good today, so I can't be too upset, man. I'm kind of excited. Kind no, of excited, yeah. I am too, man. Did you ever have any real serious injuries in your career? Yeah. Like any yeah, season I had, enders? Uh, I had some knees, um, I got a scope and then three ACLs, so I've been operated uh, four times on my knee, uh, lower back, kind of messed up a little bit, and then my elbows recently. I feel like the knees are kind of, you know, they they're doing a little bit better. I'm being smarter on them, but the elbows and the shoulders are next, man. Bro, think got, about uh, all the reps you put on those things over the years. I know, dude. I'm a, I'm a rep guy, so <laughs> my uh, yeah, it was hurting towards the end of it, but I'm starting to get a little bit smarter. Yeah. Still, still an animal. I'm still working out every day, and wrestling with the kids. I still think that's very, very important, um, <clears throat> especially being uh. I was in South Dakota, so Damian Hahn had a lot of individuals, mm -hmm. and that was just very, very important, I think, to develop, right? I mean, as a college coach, you feel like uh, you got you to gotta be there for <clears throat> at least a, a select few, right? Mm -hmm. um, every, every staff is a little bit different, but at Minnesota, we had our coach, our guy. Uh, Iowa, I know, you know, Terry Brands throwing Corey Clark. I know that was kind of more his guy and that was important for him. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to, you know, if you're going to be there for your guys, you got to, you got to be there, even if you're feeling it a little bit and, uh, you know, you got to just get a little smarter, but having that feel and still scrapping is important, I think. And a lot of college yeah. coaches, like you said, besides a head coach, you're pretty much expected to wrestle every day, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say so, you know, as a volunteer, I, I basically was, but I'm, I'm working out every day anyway. So right. uh, it's just me making sure I'm texting the right guys. And if the class is lined up, then yeah, it was just, it's, it's more important when you're sweating with them, man, and going through it. Uh, they got, they got that much more trust in you. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> those are the most vulnerable situations, right? You get in that room. I kind of turn into a different animal, but they know it. Uh, I know it. You kind of, you got to pull the reins back and, uh, calm it down a little when you're out of it. But when you're, when you're there with them and you're pushing them, that's where you're really, really getting to know a kid. Yeah. And that's where Damien had it figured out, man. He had, uh, he had those, those kind of one-on-one sessions planned out and it was just, it was extremely special, I think. And it's showing, it's yeah. showing there's some good, there's some good, there's some studs coming in there now. So he's the man, dude. I've, I've yeah. had him on the show. Love that guy. And like yeah. that whole Rob Cole coaching tree is, is good, man. They're yeah. going to, you know, you got Mike Gray out there at Cornell, obviously. Now, could you believe Cole going to Stanford? Was that surprising to you? It threw me off. I think there was just that time frame where everything kind of got a little bit unraveled, I think, with the deans. Yeah. Um, and then from there, yeah, Cole was trying to find some guys. And I'm sure like, with the COVID stuff, that didn't help. You right. know, so uh, it kind of didn't shock. I mean, yeah, it shocked me. I guess it did I shock me. I feel like John me. Smith going to, I don't yeah. know, man, like Fresno State, maybe. It's just crazy yeah. to me that someone has been there 30 years. Or like like a J-Rob going to Northern yeah, Illinois. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're I don't right. know. Damien would say something different. But yeah, it would. it's definitely crazy that he just flew right across the country. And yeah. For Cornell. 
you're getting that those coaching staff and those members out. And now I'm back in Iowa. So I'm seeing a lot of Hawkeyes and Iowa state guys now. So yeah. So it's kind of those two different worlds there. Big time. And you were at the Hawkeye club, right? Or was that yep. your brother? Yep. No, I was there for three years. Nick was there for a little bit longer. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I always wanted to learn from, from Terry and Tom. So we're going to get into that. I got to yeah. go back to the big, when's the first time you met Mike Powell? So I was, so when I was a little guy, that was my first room I stepped into was Oak Park's room. So I would travel and I remember those days just dreading it, man, just, <laughs> you know, stuck in traffic being like trying to nap and for, pretend like I wasn't going to practice, but I was going in that room since I was a little boy. So, and that's probably one of the reasons why I did get a little bit scared. Cause I, we got beat up, man. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was the way it was. I mean, my, especially the first coach that I had. He came from Iowa and he always stuck around us. So he, uh, Who's that? his name's Terrence Hollinsworth. Okay. And it's just funny how throughout your life, you're bouncing around from different coach to coach. And, but when it came to the things that we needed and the things that we kind of had to kind of get back to, you know, um, it was always that guy, man. And, and, and now that I'm older and looking back being around high school and little guys, cause I'm coaching a club and, Mm-hmm. kids club and um all that sorts but um i didn't realize I, that yeah. he that you had been going there from a young kid though yep yep the little so, huskies the whole time little huskies yep gotcha. so it was warhawks when i was young okay um so was pal involved at that point like kind of hanging around the room he wasn't i think it was coach collins so the coach that's there now his dad was around mm-hmm. so he was a big figure there um and then powell jumped in and kind of took the took the reins there for for Collins eventually and yeah. then we, we decided to go to Fenwick which was a pretty prestigious Catholic school um we ended up getting like a scholarship of some sorts just and it was like too good to be true for that but then it was the wrestling room wasn't there and we would go to Oak Park um after our practice we would end up being around Powell and we're like dude what's going you know like we got to be around him full time so uh, that was kind of the first to where we were like, we got to, we got to get over there. So. How did you guys do an IKWF? I don't remember the early days. Uh, I do remember my twin uh, placing as a junior. So I was in junior state. He was at novice, you know, and that was like the big thing. I'm like, gosh, man, I can't let, I can't <laughs> let the twin steal the, the glory, man. So he, I think he had a little bit more success on that novice sca- or stage, but uh, I don't, Junior state, I think I got second, and then I got ah oh, shoot. See, see, and wrestling is tricky because you you know you ask me what you know who'd you wrestle here. Yeah. I always try and forget who I'm wrestling. Right, I'm like <laughs> if he's good at one or two things, that's all I want to know, and uh, that was it, man. So I forget names. Yeah. I forget they're just they're there. They're I'm just focusing bodies. on yeah. They're just bodies, man. Dude, you're a savage. So yeah, that was the way that I always. So it, it it's tricky whenever ever, ever anybody tries to bring up matches. It's funny I, that you went to the little Husky room because I always thought, like before I met Pal, I always thought he was like the scariest dude ever at tournaments. And I'm yeah. like, oh, they're recruiting all these kids. Look at they recruit the Dardanes. And it's like you lived in the same town. Like who would, I'm sure he yeah. got a lot of flack for that. You know, Pal well, we drove, it. we drove. And yeah, he brought some kids that were fairly close, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think when it came to moving and transfers i think we were we were one of the first i think yeah but so when you got there was sammy brooks there already yeah so so he's an oak park kid okay um 
And my dad, I think recently, because yeah, he's always bringing it up. He he has the best memory in the world, so I'd have to call him every time. Yeah, but uh, he sent me a picture, and it was the Brooks brothers and the Coleman brothers. Um, we had a heavyweight that was Laquan Hightower. I remember having these twins that were just vicious. No one wanted to drill with them, and we go to a kids tournament recently with my kids club mm-hmm. and I run into an Oak park kid and they're doing the same thing, man. They're just vicious with their hands, <laughs> they're hand fighting and, and no one wants to wrestle these guys. And right. that's, that's kind of where it started. I mean, there were kids that had no business being good, but they were just vicious drillers and they loved to just train like savages. Um, it was the Wilson twins. I think it was okay. they're probably, crazy doctors or some sort of <laughs> crazy successful people right now Yeah, because of that. Uh, but that's how it was. They just wore people down and made it work in their favor no matter what, just based on the training. What year did you guys transfer then? Sophomore year? Yeah, sophomore year. Um, so yeah, we would go, we would uh, sometimes do that practice over at Fenwick and then go try and wrestle the Coleman brothers every, ever so often. But yeah. towards the end of the year, we'd have to be careful because I'd have to wrestle them at regionals sure. and sectionals. And then, and those guys talk about just being the toughest dudes ever. Like they were, Oh man. Like it, it became a point where, cause we were known to just stay on guys and try and Brawlers. try and break them, yeah. brawl them. But Ellis, me and my brother were switching off on Ellis. So Ellis was just, that was where it just was eye opening for me because he was an athlete. He was way too uh, tough. Uh, and I always say, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. But he's he's almost too dumb, dude. He's he is a savage when it comes to training. And he I think he's still helping train some Olympians. Not, he was training some Olympians over in uh, Japan. OK, so he's still getting after it. But yeah, he was one of the toughest dudes ever, man. And so you guys were opposing opposite teams and then you get in there and you start working out with them every day. Yeah. What is a day in the life at a Mike Powell practice like? So those were, and I try to explain it to even, even my college guys, but those were the hardest years of my life by far. The, the hardest. Dri- uh, the, yeah. I mean, the Hawkeye room obviously was there. Yeah. Uh, we, I had had its days, uh, but Oak Park was just long drilling um, if the drilling wasn't there, Powell was yelling and roaring and making sure it was there. <laughs> and then, uh, we get to live wrestling and conditioning and that was, I mean, two and a half hours sometimes. Yeah. And just going the whole time. Yeah. And it, it was, it was pretty special, man. We would, at the end of it, we couldn't stand, you know, that there would be water all over the mats. We'd open the windows. It'd be, it'd be a steam room. And we just we'd be going till we're tired, man. It was a very very special room. And when you guys were like in the thick of it, like your junior senior seasons, were you working out in the morning as well, or like just the afternoon practice at Oak Park? Yeah, so some of the mornings were there was probably once a week, mm-hmm. um, sometimes twice a week. But that kind of brings me to like Powell and how he was like an animal, like the super macho guy yelling and then you know doing fifty pull ups. And then he was the the weak guy, you know, like where yeah. the muscles kind of withered down. And that's those morning workouts. I do remember showing up and him starting to, uh, I just remember the one time him sitting down, just yellow skin, you know, like, and he still showed up, you know, like 6am he's waiting for us. He's feeling it. He's not moving at all. He's just talking in, in a clipboard 
But those were some of the mornings where I remember where he was sick, you know, mm-hmm. almost ready to drop over. And then we'd, after those morning workouts, we'd have to carry him up the stairs to our wrestling room, you know, to shower. And it was, I mean, that was where it became special. You, to, to be good, I think you got to be able to wake up with you guys early in the morning and get after as well. But he showed up no matter what. Carried him up those steps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in that bad of shape. Yeah. I I didn't know him then, but you know I've I've gotten real close to him since, and I think it was like 2011 or 2009 when you for probably 2009 when you first got diagnosed because you guys had one team state. Were you part of that team? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he got real sick like quick, right? I mean, you saw it. I mean, and you knew him before, so like the 50 pull up guy, that was a real story. He could actually do that. Oh yeah, yeah. He was shredded, jacked. He would wrestle every other day. Wow. Um. So how different, how like stark was the difference from that to how, how like at the lowest? He still brought up the same principles, man. Being a, being a man, uh, standing up for yourself, doing what's hard mm-hmm. when there's fear, you're running towards it, right? It's doing those, those hard things. And then also being vulnerable. Like he was the, the ultimate guy that had your back in a fight, right? Like <laughs> I always wanted him by my side. And then he was the guy to open up to, you know, yeah. and sit there and listen. So that's where it becomes, it's, it's just ingrained in me. Ever since I started wrestling, I always wanted to be a coach. But when you start reflecting on um, just keeping your emotions together mm-hmm. and trying to be there for a kid uh, who, just, who just doesn't have it in, in his home life and anything in every other aspect, relationships, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always there no matter what. And that's where it became. I, I think I started thinking as a coach more when I was around Powell. From Powell? Yep. Yep. Because it was 11 months of the year you guys were together, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a full-time deal. Like road trips. I yep. mean, obviously Fargo and all that. But even I started interviewing some of the guys from the 2014 state championship team. And uh, like Devontae Mahomes and, and those right. guys. And they were saying, like, you guys – they would do a senior trip um, every August before the year started to like Michigan or something. Did you guys do that too? I actually, we, we missed out on that one. I think gotcha. it was like the year before we came there. Okay. Uh, but we, we were always doing stuff. We end up driving to the Hill. We go to the beach. Um, yeah. We, we would do different tournaments throughout the summer. Yeah. Uh, training camps, go to different schools. So did you guys win team state when you were there both years or just the one year? I want to say the first year, okay, our junior year. Yeah, it's like crazy that he took that program who was not even a powerhouse and then, you know, in the 2014-2015, they're maybe the best team in the country, but um, just build it up from nothing, man. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, when I look back at that team, I wouldn't, I mean, I truly believe that we were one of the tougher teams. <clears throat> and it wasn't, it wasn't like crazy names, you know, like the guys that weren't, you know, the Coleman brothers and the Brooks brothers, they were the guys that were like, no one wants to wrestle them. You know? Right, right. So, were you we, guys doing the crazy always, long warm up then too, where it was like forty five minute warm up and uh, like it was really intense? I mean, a lot of people say the Oak Park warm up more intense than a lot of practices. Yeah, that's probably why I lost <laughs> you know five six pounds in college trying to make <laughs> trying to make weight and then going on the mat right away, you know, because that was just what we were used to. Yeah, warm ups very important, and then the cool down. I do remember when I was at Fenwick because we used to run sprints. Our coach used to make us run sprints even after the match. Mm-hmm. And if we pinned early, we'd have to run more, you know. And I remember uh, me having to run sprints 
or me having to do a workout after. And then the Coleman brothers were kind of doing workouts after. That was just the way it was. It, I don't know if it, if maybe that we thought of or they thought of it through us, but Ellis pinned me in sectionals and he did his workout after with like a Bulgarian bag. And he told the newspaper, I think it was uh, like the workout after the match was harder than even the real match. And I was like, <laughs> I got to I got to be teammates with this guy. No. And he would. Uh, so it was like a rivalry ass, before, man. It. It was, it wasn't much of a, it was a close match towards the, like my sophomore year, I think it was a two or three point match, but it was hard to score on it still. It wasn't that close. Your practice room must've been so intense that next year then when you guys were in there going every day like that. Yeah, it was, it was vicious, man. It was, it was a good run. I'd have to get him when he was tired, <laughs> but he would, he would beat me up. He was a tough, tough partner. Dude, for I mean, one of the best to come out of no Illinois. I mean, look at an Olympian at uh, at such a young age. And so, when you guys were coming through your senior year, where were you looking at going to college besides Minnesota? Obviously, were you uh, looking at other schools? Yeah, we we weren't quite used to the recruiting process, so we went to Nebraska, and it, it was just too good to be true with just the glamour of the room. Uh, Manning treated us great, uh, kind of hyped us up with like Kokish. We would have been in that class. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, we we committed there. We verbally committed. Oh, and you then, did. Yeah, at one point, and then I think uh, Powell or my family encouraged us to finish the trips. So we went to Iowa, and then we went to Minnesota, um, and we considered both of them. But Minnesota, it was just too close knit. We got along with those guys too well, mm-hmm. and I I still do. They're still the best, the best friends out of out of my friends. So. Yeah, and like that group, you have a lot of legacy there, right? You got you got Zach Sanders, you got Storley, you got who were some of the other guys on the team? Um was Thorn? Which Thorn? Thorn, the Yawn brothers. Yawn, uh, yeah. So Mike was there towards the first of it, like the first year. Was Ness on the team? Ness uh Jason was the volunteer coach, I think, at the time. So the Ness brothers were there, Thorns, um, Yawn brothers, Storley, Schiller. Yeah. Um I mean, Sanders is a big name in Minnesota. Sanders, I mean, Sanders was kid, always there with yeah. with us. And that those were deep teams. Yeah. And I just had Logan on. I can't remember which team, but one of the years you guys went down to the wire with Penn State at the Nationals, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. On yeah, I, I, I forget what year that was. I know it was close. Yeah. But we we always, when it came to, you know, head-to-head, we beat them in a duel. Yeah. Um, but they had those hammers, those bonus points. Yeah. So we... I mean, we truly believe we were the team. I mean, we were ranked number one coming into preseason. That doesn't matter much, but mm-hmm. we were young, but we were we had it together. We were very, very tight. That was one of the reasons why I chose Minnesota. Um, so that was just kind of the, that was just the culture, and I, and we fell in love with it right away. Did you and Nick ever think about going like separate schools, or did you always know you're going to go together? No, we've we've lived together uh, <laughs> forever, and. It's funny because they did. Uh, I was talking about Cole Shrup because he kind of followed us around with the camera, and that kind of got Minnesota kind of built up. Guys always bring those those videos up now, mm-hmm. but he did like a cribs episode, and the one we had bunk beds in the dorm rooms, but when we lived in houses, we had like a vent to where like he was. I was the room below, he was the room on top, and I was like, yeah. I mean, just in case I missed the bro, I always I could yell up to that vent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're not too far from each other, but. Yeah, we were training partners, um, and we always wanted to go together. Just best friends your whole life growing up, even with, yeah, 
not yeah in the rest of the room it was different right i mean sometimes we were we would fight i mean there's some funny stories at minnesota where guys had to pull us off each other um and then you know us after overtime practice him me driving the car and then him kind of punching me in the face one time and and while my hands are on the wheel tell me about it dudes what happened (laughs) i just we must have wrestled at overtime and then on the way home uh I think I might've got the better of him. I don't know. I mean, he probably has a different story, but he, I must've said the wrong thing. He hit me in the head and I almost crashed. I should have crashed the damn car. Right. Cause I don't want to, and I don't know what road I was driving in, but I was like almost crying. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> I'm going to pull the car over. And I, I don't know what happened at the end, but I don't think we fist fought on the street. Like the brands brothers, Dude, but that's what I was thinking the whole time. Yeah. I might have pulled the car over, but we didn't want to cause any any uh, publicity or nothing. So you would go but, to overtime as well in high school? Yeah, that was towards like my freshman, sophomore uh, seasons. So yeah, that's when we kind of get got us, got pretty serious with like freestyle. Mm-hmm. And that was just extremely special, special to be around. I mean, Morrison, um, Poles, uh, Howe was there. Um, there was just some, some tough, tough young guys that were there. Always some great partners. It was so, loaded in there. Yeah. I mean, those junior dual teams were all just team overtime kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty special. Were you guys doing that junior duels in Fargo? Yeah, we got, career? we got on a few of those teams. Um, I know for two or three years, I think we got on those ones. But what I love about you and your brother is that you guys were late bloomers in a sense, not really, but like you guys won your first titles as like, you were a senior, your brother's mm-hmm. a junior. And really blossomed in college. And so when you got to Minnesota, what was that transition like, like the first month or two of getting on campus? Well, I actually tore my ACL uh, my first year. And then I, the doctor kind of messed up, so I had to get another surgery. So I wasn't on the mat at all my freshman year. But How long into that did you hurt your ACL? Like uh, right away? No, it was like a freestyle tournament. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, free Fila Juniors or something. I think I tore it there. Um, but I always wanted to be the guy. I knew I was the guy. Nick, Nick knew it. He wanted to step in right away, Mm -hmm. but it was hard, man. I mean, those seniors wanted to, wanted to kill you, man. That was like when it came to Mike Thorne, especially he just wanted to torture guys, you know? (laughs) Um, and Zach Sanders, that was what he lived for. He wanted the young guys to come in and to show them what it's, what you got to be made of. Right. So Minnesota was tough, but we had that class above with Thorne, uh, Zilverberg, uh, Deichler was in the room at the time. So he had concussions. So we trained a lot together. Uh, Love that guy, dude. Yeah. He's just extremely man. passionate and positive. And I didn't realize how young he was. That he could still be going on the senior circuit even now. Yeah. I mean, back when he won, he was only 18, you know, and I didn't even know that he had gone back after the Olympics to Minnesota. And they just think about if they had... If Minnesota had dice in the lineup, you guys definitely would have won. Yeah. Because the one year was like four points when you lost to Penn State. So it's like, yeah. Deichler had the skills in folk style too. Like he loved yeah, it. Yeah. He was on those teams. I think he dueled maybe Penn State. Um, yeah, he beat no, Alton think, in his only match, I think. Oh, yeah. He did duel him. Okay. So Alton and then he wrestled Dake. And those were, right. that was just the most memor- memorable match because he was absolutely tired. Like he didn't fear nothing. Same kind of wow. animal as like an Ellis. Like just. Too too dumb for his own. Like he was just so <laughs> tough too. It was he 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 finished that match, and I remember him just being absolutely like, 
just limp, like his body went limp and he fell down and he was making these weird noises, but he was, he wasn't scared of it, man. He wanted to put himself there. Most people can't even believe being that tired. I know. Like yeah. that's a level of tire that, I mean, you guys have probably experienced it all the time, but once you were healthy at Minnesota and you guys were like in the thick of it going like January, February, were you guys just pushing to the limit every day in practice? Or they do a good job of like tapering you and kind of controlling how much you were wrestling back then? Yeah. Like when Jay got in the room, it was like, let's just see how tired you can get kind of thing. Like militant, like blowing the whistle, calling random drills out. But it was pretty uh, regimental when it came to like just the drill and tapering back. Egum did a good job of making sure we felt pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of different on my end. Um, like me and Nick, we had to sometimes do sprints on our own or do, go in the room at a separate time. Or maybe another kid, Zach Sanders, maybe another workout in Just the morning. Just to feel like you were getting enough? Or? Yeah. But they, they did were a, going that hard, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. The, Egham and Becker, they did a good job of making sure we felt really good and excited towards the end of the year. and Rather than just worn, worn down because that season's just so long. You know? Long, man. Yeah. So who was your, like, your lightweights coach when you were there? So Egham was my coach. Uh, Becker was my brother's. Um, oh, so it's not by like weight grouping. Yeah, it's not it's like one forty one and down. It's <clears throat> yeah, gotcha. Like Jay was Steinhaus, um, and uh, Tony Nelson. So it was it was kind of random, but it worked out, man. It fell into place. I can lighten the mood. He got me excited, mm -hmm. uh, and he always had you know kind of something funny to say. So it was it was perfect, especially at those high level matches. Yeah, that Minnesota group is tight. Any guy, anyone mm -hmm. I interviewed from there, really just they love the U, man. Like they're crazy about it. Yeah, most guys don't leave that area. No, that's what they say. Like, there's yeah. a couple towns where Mike Thorne lives. It might be, yeah, it's whatever town he lives in. There's like four All Americans on a block. Yeah, St. Michael. St. Michael. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it is. They yeah. got they got a lot of good genetics over there. You watch out for those guys, and those for little real. guys are coming up. And Pinnacle's going on there. I yep. mean, so was Lawrence around at all when you were there? Yeah, he was our coach for the club coach for when we were at, when we were done after. Okay. Um, unbelievable technician. I remember me and my brother going his going in his garage, videotaping us, and just paint, being attention to to do the details and looking back over those videos. And he was very very technical. What was the biggest difference between like the high school and the college circuit for you? Obviously, the competition's way different, but like when you talk to kids who were getting ready to go into D one, like what do you tell them? Like, be ready for this, this, or this. Uh, I just, I just would say, keep it simple. Um, I mean, much didn't really change. Uh, Matt wrestling was important. Um, uh, I wish I would have been a little bit more comfortable guys in on my legs. Mm. Um, so it was, it's just, you got to take it into your own hands, right? It's, those are the positions that you need to work on. You gotta, you gotta be able most practices are going on at 3 PM mm -hmm. right, for most schools. So being able to, call a coach up and say, listen, we got to get together, man. I got to figure out this position or whether it's video or film, but that's where it becomes important in, in the development side of things. Cause I'm working with young kids now, but to be a coach, you kind of try not to have, you know, them dependent upon you. So, yeah. And you see that happen where the parent follows them, follows them along the way. Um, or someone's really, really close to them and always kind of in their ear and then they go to college and then sometimes they just can't figure it out. But each guy's different. You know, some guys like the tell me what to do 
Mm -hmm. you know, let me get it done. And then the other guys just, you got to get it done and then figure it out yourself too. Was Powell somewhere in between? Powell, definitely. He, he was very open as a coach to letting other guys in, um, open to technique being, you know, thrown around at this, to this guy and that guy. Uh, Cause as a coach, man, you got that ego still too. You want what's the standards in your room. Yeah. You want to control some things, but when you got those different coaches coming in and telling you this and that he's pretty, he was very open to that. Which is, Powell. it's sweet that because you guys were training at such a high level already, you know, you guys went to college and it was just right there. You know, the transition was seamless. It reminds me now there's so many good clubs now, like especially out here in Iowa, I think about the Seabolt clubs really big and they're mm-hmm. going hard, you know, really like grinder style. I'm sure those kids go in and, and do fine right away. And so you guys, you had that. And now you, you mentioned your coaching. So when you're looking at like the Perry program, are you the head coach at the high school and like the club coach too? all of it? Or how does that? Yeah, work? we're trying to get a club in the works. Um, gotcha. So I'm trying to get my brother back into, we talk about wrestling a lot. So you and your brother. Yeah. Maybe eventually having it coming over to Perry, but yeah, the club would get him over here, run the AU program. Have yeah. him help you. You run the whole thing, bro. I'm trying, man. I'm trying, I'm recruiting him. I, we still talk wrestling all the time. That's the thing is do you talk like about current events or like old matches you're watching. Like, what do you guys just talk? mentality, man? Just the, the things maybe we could have changed the things we got to reinforce. Uh, but you know, I mean, looking at the brands brothers, I mean, having twins next to each other coaching, it's, it's only an asset, man. Like, yeah, kind of, you could put each other in their place and not many coaches. You could, you know, tell them that and this and that, but to a twin, it's like, I'm going to tell them how it is, man. <laughs> but no, we talk about those things all the time. It's, uh, and he was a different athlete than me even. Right. I mean, it's cool looking at twins because you could compare and contrast. We got pretty similar genetics, same body types, but I mean, he was the most savage, vicious dude. No one wanted to drill with him. He had hands that, I mean, when it comes to controlling the center and controlling a tie up, there's an art to that too. Mm -hmm. And, and, and having head position. Um, so we took those things. We took, we, we really, really wanted to hone in on those skills. But because of that, he, no one wanted to wrestle him. Like, and in Iowa's room, sometimes because I left on a pretty good note at Iowa for him, it was, it was more like when he was wrestling the guys. Some guys were getting injured, you know. Mm-hmm. But to have that kind of no mercy kind of mentality would only, you know, kind of looking over over that a little bit and saying like, okay, we're helping each other out. Like you're only helping this guy out whenever you're putting your hands on him and letting them feel like your, your passion and the abilities that you have, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's something you can't let off. You know, you, you should always have that kind of mentality, especially when you're training. Yeah. But yeah, his hands were freaking clubs, man. We would fight because I was usually cutting weight and he, I said, dude, you do that one more time, man, be careful. You know, and it was, that's, we fought way too much, man. I was, I remember the one time, uh, well, it was like big tens, um, or even like a warm up on Minnesota's mat before a duel, we'd be drilling and I'd give them an uppercut and there'd be like 3000 fans in the, in the, in the room, you know, or big tens before big 10 semis, we, we'd be drilling. And then all of a sudden, you know, Zilverberg had to freaking choke me out and get him off me, you know? So it was just that intense. Yeah. So that's, that's the one thing about a wrestling room that, that I 
I think I could kind of understand because all these coaches really say, make it a fight, you know, make it kind of make it a, make it a fight. And it should be, but when you start losing your emotions and there's frustrations that are kicking in, you're always losing the fight. Yeah. I was always losing it when I threw that first punch, you know, it's interesting because I, I was just talking to Medlin and I, I'm sure you know him well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that like, in, you know, he just spent a, a month in Russia and Ossetia and over there, it's totally different. Right. If you go in and go like club collar and then you're fighting at, at a practice, it's like a sign of, of disrespect almost. Like I love like the different cultures, you know, and like they're obviously good. We're obviously good. But, um, you know, it's just interesting how both could be successful. You know? Yeah, but you you still got to control the center and control the tie ups. I mean, yeah. they're still vicious, vicious hand fighters too, man. They really are. And the one thing you know, now that you bring up Russia, is because we got these two minute periods, especially at the stalemates, and they got these out of out of bounds rules now. Like that's another reason I'm promoting promoting that big time. That's because of pushouts. You mean absolutely? That should be. If they would have had that back when you were going, yeah, but that should be a thing. That should absolutely be a rule. If you're going to try and train at the highest level, because there's the best example was Dake with that Russian, you know, that there's a whole different skill there when you goes up, when you go out of bounds, that last there's, two inches, bro. It's like a whole, you're in like another element. There's a whole different sport there. there, you know, yeah. did you so, ever compete with a push out rule? Yeah, you did. Okay. I yeah. Sure yeah. Freestyle. Yeah. Okay. Freestyle. That's the rules were pretty similar. Yeah. I I love the rules right now in freestyle. Yeah. They're. It's amazing that like you watch a, a folk style match like the NCA semis, people go out of bounds so much. It's amazing how you know you can literally wrestle an entire match without going out of bounds at the highest level in the freestyle because of the consequences of going out. Yeah. You know, but it's just good to see that. Like we don't have to always and go out of bounds. And it's easier for the fans to watch too, I think, with the push out rule. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's there's a whole nother skill there. So to try and like I, I kills me where these refs will call a stalling on a guy who's pushing out you know the new folk style the way they do that is bizarro bro it is so yeah and now that i'm in high school now i'm gonna have to talk to these refs all the time yeah because i know that's what's gonna happen but even in college you if you're not fighting in and, and giving this guy a chance to to feel you know that edge then you you gotta be rewarded for it. that other guy needs to get hit right i mean that's just uh that's a very, very important skill to try and reach to that that highest level. That 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 needs to happen. I always do like sumo matches with my little guys and that's awesome. All those middle schoolers too. So so what what um what division is Perry? Uh, one a two a two a two a. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a small town. Um, and I'm going kind. Of, I'm kind of going through orientation now, but it's it's a town where. It's appealing because there hasn't been success and there's a lot of hardworking families and kind of low income families. So it's like Chicago. It's like Oak Park. Yeah. You know, like Powell. I kept throwing, kept rethinking Powell and the high school days because he was an at risk study all teacher and high school coach. Dude, his classroom. But his classroom was way more vicious. Like those, <laughs> there were kill, there were killers in there. So real killers. Yeah. 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 So he had to you know sometimes fight some in the room. But mine mine are just. They're just late, a little bit lazy. I got to motivate them a little bit, but there's still families that like, for instance, there was a truck full of Hispanic people going through my, my gravel road today. So there's like two of them and they're just walking down the corn rows, picking corn. And then there's a, that's who you want. Yeah. Those, those Those are are the the kids. Those are the kids. Yeah. But these kids also think that that's probably that the, the highest they're going to go, right? That's, that's their future. So, right. 
I, I am so glad that I get to work with those types of kids. So there's another, there's like a cast iron shop in town too, where these, these guys are just, it's unbelievable. Like I wanted to know every story of these guys cause they're yeah. in the heat. They're the one guy grabs a metal rod. That's, I don't know how heavy and he's going through this lava cleaning the top parts of the lava. And he does that every day. So this is a, this is a very, very hardworking town. And the families that brought me there were the same way. Just so tell me how you got there again. Um, just one of the, uh, cause you were at South Dakota state, you know, just recently, right? Yep. Yep. It kind of just got thrown across the desk. Cody Caldwell, uh, gave me the number and now I actually live just on the square mile. This, this guy who brought me down there, but there's been, uh, there's been some coaches that have been through there. Um, okay. I know Steve Hamilton, the last coach was Mark Weber. Um, Trevor Kittleson, he coaches for Wisconsin Platteville now. Mark Weber from was Michigan or no, he, he was a Wartburg guy, Gotcha. Okay. but I think it was, uh, one of the announcers actually for big 10. Okay. He was around there too. So they don't have, um, a, so you, Iowa you, state guy, you're at a college, they call you, you apply, you take this job and now you got it. You move. And how long, like how long have you been in this town for? Like situated about three months now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've been in and out of this, uh, chicken coop actually they have they threw a wrestling mat down in there and wow yeah like just recently they got like a a, a place where they uh kind of heat wood mm-hmm. so like i'll throw some wrestlers in there sometimes it's like a sauna but it's old school man i mean it's very dusty. old school it's stinky but i love it kids show up 30 40 of them show up on sundays oh, um, that's awesome hopefully more could keep coming but simple town but really really good families hard-working families and um, yeah, we're, I'm just very close with them right now. So it's, it's been working out pretty well and they're supportive. That's um, the thing. Like if you can design it and architect the whole thing at a program where like, there was nothing and then you build it to something and yeah. next thing you know, you got 20 guys working out 11 months of the year with you, you know, it's yeah. going to be like a little, just Way a little commune. Special. Yeah. Very special. Yeah, like yeah. South Dakota, like we were talking, it's, there's like 13 kids on the team when we got there. I can't believe that yeah. dude. 13. Like you're trying to convince a, uh, South Dakota, like third place in the state kid to win, you know, like that's hard. Like there's a lot of emotions that get brought up there, man. Like you're, you're learning, you're, you're learning a lot about this kid, a lot, a lot of different things. So that was appealing to me for the high school level. And yeah, college is a different animal too. I mean, just like high school, you gotta, you gotta have them grow up and try and figure it out on their own. Same, same kind of things. And your your brother's in Champagne right now, essentially. Yep, yep. I we gotta get him out of there. Yeah, <laughs> he's sandblasting right now, and he's he's thinking wrestling while he's doing it. I so know, he's working full time now. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. We'll talk quite a bit, and it's just a matter of time. I'm yeah. trying to. Uh, he's a guy, He's just got a visit. And that's just like me, and he'll yep. be convinced. But he's got a, a a wedding coming up, so. He's getting married. Yeah, so hopefully his wife and his kid could. Be oh, so he's got too. tie downs. That's yeah. why he's not out. I didn't know that. I it's thought all right. he would, I'll recruit her too. I thought he was a <laughs> single man. I'm like, get him out there, man. Yeah, he'll love it. So She'll he, love it. He was at the Illinois RTC. How involved with Medlin were you guys in high school and like coming up through? Um, so Med Medlin kind of got put in the room with Powell a lot because they were big Greco guys. Yeah, they really did believe in Greco, which I mean, there's a lot to it. Um, but uh. Yeah, the Greco state teams and the, the um, I mean, he was always around there. We would go to Washington, train with their guys sometimes, mm-hmm. and he was just another voice in the room. That was just 
very, very, he's very, very passionate when it comes to his guys in the sport too. He knows so much about international wrestling. Like he does. We, we did a little Olympic recap and God, dude, he just knows. I yeah. Mean, first round, he's like, hey, watch this Uzbek versus the Armenian. And I'm like, I wouldn't even know to watch it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are, I know there are guys at that level, but it's few and far between that know that much. Yeah. About the international game. Well, he's been around it, you know, like that, that Russian, there's a system there, right? I yeah. mean, but it's hard to develop that into the States because, I mean, when you're a kid and you have two, Olympian parents or whatever, or national, you know where what you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. They're gonna stay on you. There's a system, and it's just like gymnastics in the U.S. Like there's levels there. Yeah. Um. So Russia has that down. So to try and bring those kind of different systems here, I mean, you just gotta. We're doing work. fine. Like yeah, we're doing. Great. U.S. is killing it. So, yeah. but uh, there's still those things that you gotta learn. That we're killing. You gotta it, give and take. But I do still think that like I. Th- a country this or a republic the size of Dagestan, which is like the size of Iowa, they might still be able to beat Team USA's best because bro. they got guys from that are in different countries and all that too. Rich yeah, Michigan, you're seeing. Yeah, and uh, like the State. Belarusian who beat Dake, that's a Dagestan guy. Yeah, it's like if you had like the true Team Dagestan, again, it's a state the size of yeah. Iowa. Can you can imagine beat- going in that room and just? Dude. Oh my God! Crazy, right? So there's a lot to learn, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of different things to learn from them. But well, Satiev's from Dagestan, and so yeah. I've learned a lot about it just through this project. And like the couple of themes that come through is one, they're working out twice a day. Like they're usually getting ten practices a weekend, like yeah. twice a day, Monday through Thursday, and then Friday they do Friday morning, Friday afternoon off, and it's Saturday morning. Yeah, so this is 10- even as a kid. Like, yeah. They That's rack, what the they sad thing so is. So much more than we do. Yeah, like we, we can the school more. system is important, right? But sometimes in Russia, if you're a wrestler, you're sometimes skipping school as a kid. Like yeah. that is just that's what I Medlin was telling. Well, the sports schools telling. are like you'll you'll go there and yeah, like you'll you'll be able to get out of school so you can do like a lot of their practices, it seems like are like ten or eleven AM and then a five PM. They're not yeah. getting up super early, you know, because yeah. you know, sleep deprivation is one of the most harmful things in training right and most of our programs are getting kids up you know college kids stay up to like midnight then they're getting up at 6 a.m 5 a.m and then after you do that for seven months in a row you start getting sick you yeah. know people start breaking down so yeah i gotta tip but, my hat to those guys yeah what i've learned so far it's they're amazing. the ultimate athletes too it's yeah. like they they're just relaxed composed and when you talk talk about controlling those emotions and trying to have a game plan and you know, they're still vicious hand fighters and they're still going to keep going to those next positions and not stop wrestling. Mm -hmm. But they have another, like what I like to call them are snakes. Like I thought someone brought that up on one of your podcasts, Yeah, but I still think John, John Smith's one of the only guys that he's a scorpion where he's going to keep jabbing, but he's also a snake because he's got that flexibility Mm -hmm. and awareness in these positions that is exciting and refreshing when you're learning in the sport. Like me as a kid, I was drilling the same things and and that's what I really, really believed in. Um, but to have that ability, that hip flexibility, um, being comfortable in certain positions that I was never, ever comfortable in even coming, coming through college. Like those are, those are positions that need to be taught. And those are like, like just hip flexibility, longevity. Like even, even as a kid, you're expected to probably wrestle when you're, there's some 30 year olds in Russia that are probably still wrestling. But that's where it becomes like you got to be the ultimate athlete. Um, 
They're and, so and disciplined that's hard. with their diet and their drinking too. Like they're not big drinkers, you know. And yeah, like a lot of them, if they're if they're Muslim, they don't ever drink. You know, a lot if they're like diehards. And so, like, yeah. think about how much healthier you'd be if you never like drank in the summer. I mean, I don't know if you're a drinker, it doesn't matter. But yeah, a lot of college wrestlers they'll drink in the summer. You know, yeah. And I mean, those dudes are never drinking. That's what's almost expected. Like you're we're wrestlers. It's like the military sometimes. Yeah, like we just get together and have a good time. So but, did you ever go over there to Russia to train or to no, wrestle? No, just my brother explained it to me, and he, he went, went over there with Medlin. Oh, he did go to that. Mm-hmm. So that's the school where Sitikov trains is where they okay. go. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, same school. Yeah, it's th- like, there's some studs in there, especially that are like 15, 16 is what my brother was saying that. I like, bet. look out. Like, I love the stories about um, how they're not big weightlifters, but they're big on the bands and the rope climbs. Like, yeah. uh, India is 57 pound team. India was over there this summer as well when they were over there. So team India is 57 pounder. Robbie, who ended up getting second, he can do 50 rope climbs. Yeah. I'm sure you guys could do that. No, that's, ins- I mean, did I, you guys do, did you do a lot Iowa, of that? It was mostly, we were always on that rope. Spencer Lee could In maybe Iowa? get 15, 20, but yeah, yeah that's, that's Imagine going up grip, and down man. I mean, that's every day grip. without stopping. I know, I just, but so, the bands I like just because. Yeah. You're getting more explosive through the through the positions, and it's not as you're not like impacting your knees as much and all that. But I I use those bands and all the time. Bulgarian bags, yeah. ropes. Did you ever get connected with Georgie Ivanov? Do you know who that is? No, but Miko was an overtime guy. Are you talking like the uh, two plays? Not that family. There. So oh. Georgie, him and his dad. Same exact, his dad's Ivan Ivanov as well. But Georgi Ivanov was an Olympian for Bulgaria in 2016. And they have a wrestling school in Sioux City, Iowa called The Best Wrestler. Um, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. They're oh. awesome. Yeah. Um, he went to University of Nebraska, Omaha and won a D2 title there and then went to Boise State. But, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do remember one of them going. I, um, I, I went out to Omaha to interview him. Great family. And they have a sweet little academy. But they're all, you know, they're like Bulgarian school of wrestling. And so they, it's no weights. It's all bands. And they put me through a little band workout. Bro, the amount of just strain it puts on your body is I insane. Know. And like you said, no damage yeah. to the joints. We, we have uh, like a little barn in the back of our house right now. It's got like a tire. It's got bands all over the place, like thick bars, kettlebells, and Bulgarian bags. And that's all we do. I'll bring some of my wrestlers out there. And the hotter the better too. They're like, oh shoot, it's a hundred today. Sweating. But no, those are the those are the wrestling types of workouts that you got to do. You got to think about the positions while you're doing them. Yeah. Um. Everybody's so obsessed with getting that perfect rep. Um. We're using our whole body, man, in this sport. It's a dynamic, dynamic sport for, for sure. sure. I can't believe you're gonna be back on the mat tonight. Before we wrap up, I got to hear about the Hawkeye Club, man, because you know that's kind of like a. A brick wall. Not a lot of people know what's going on there. How did you get the invite in the first place to get down there? Uh, well, Sammy Brooks was down there, um, so I ended up visiting him. But, man, that was a special room, special, special room. I was there when Spencer Lee was a freshman and all those PA kids, so I got to see him grow up a little bit. Uh, I was his drilling partner from for mostly his freshman year. I mean, I was with him all the time. Gilman, Clark, McDonough, uh, Dennis. Um, so the lightweights, man, like everybody, everybody wants to be around them. And we used to train, I used to wrestle Ramos and Clark. And I just remember Terry yelling and the things that he said, I'd sometimes hear and it mattered, right. Even on the other side of the, of the mat. 
So I needed to be around him. And Terry's the ultimate technician, and he was going to do everything for you. And he's that kind of kind of uh, coach. But um, outside of that, we just when you put your shoes on, you were you had to scrap. That was the one thing. So it was very important for me to find the right partner, especially later on in my career, um, and know uh, kind of when the yeah no kind of when to get that lighter guy and and take it easy some days yeah but there weren't many days of taking it easy uh even like the so at the club level that kind of mentality and intensity is there yeah yeah so like my brother was no one wanted to wrestle him too just like that but when you wrestle a guy like marinelli for instance and you got two just hammers on your hands for for nick and him <laughs> there's two alphas there so it's it's hard to walk out of there where one guy's not really emotional, you know? So it's, it's a room where there's that mentality. You got to put a guy's head down. You got to yeah. push him out of the room. And if you're pushing him out of the room, he's done. And if you don't feel satisfied at the end of the day, you got to call that guy out. Like one of those things, like, and that's where it's important because the feelings and the, the, the things that go around in a room, like, some guys back off a little cause they feel bad and that's not helping him. That's why I was explaining with my brother. He's the most vicious, vicious guy to drill with, to wrestle with, but he had no mercy on the mat. And that was part of the things that we believed in. So by him not doing that is him not service. Yeah. Disservice to, to everybody in the room. So that's why that room was very, very important. But then you got Spencer Lee who's changing the dynamic of it. Like, how do you mean he's, he's one of those snakes, man. Like he is the ultimate athlete. And, you know, you talk about a guy like Gable, um, and then you run into guys like Ness, you know, to where sometimes you can't really ruin a guy, you know, like less is more sometimes. And for him, he got tough, but there were, there were times where he didn't need to do 10 airdyne sprints. He was going to beat nobody, everybody in front of him up in in the room. Mm -hmm. So, there's uh there's different athletes, right? So everybody that's in there isn't really a a robot and headbutton and stuff. So was Lee like that, or like what was he like behind closed doors in terms of like his like style? Was he vicious or or more no. of a skills guy? No, he was more of a. He's gonna put points on the board and not uh, put your. He'll put your head down, and he's gonna he's gonna make you wrestle through every position. Um, but he's like that Satiev example. Like yeah. those guys are snakes, man. John Smith, those guys could get in positions that not many people, they're gifted, Yanni. But the things that, Dude, those positions that you, you get comfortable in and that you drill in when you were four years old, those things that you only do those a little bit longer and that discipline's only there a little bit longer. So that's what was so cool about being around. And every body style in wrestling can win. Like any style can win. That can win, yeah. your style can win. But yeah. think about that, like, Spencer Lee's a freshman in college. You're a grizzled vet coming from Minnesota, one of the hardest hand clubbers, and you're working out with this young kid. And at that point, like, what what kind of feel was he giving you then? Did you know he was special? I mean, was he oh, that from good? the get go? Yeah. What's his grip strength like, bro? Well, that's the thing is he grabs your wrist and you're going, you're rolling around, you're getting what turned. Is it with it? Is he just doing like rope climbs like crazy or? Yeah, I mean. I mean, because you must have a hell he of a He must have developed it. It's, got something. it's just like his flexibility. People think he's just gifted. No, he was vicious. Like, he would wear his body down in those positions. So, yeah, I'm sure he was grabbing and pulling and grabbing wrists like he really mean, meant it all the time, doing ropes. 
But even back then, he was going going good with you. I mean, he was like on the level, obviously, even back then. Yeah, yeah. But as a young kid, too, there was a lot of pressure, and there were things that he needed to learn right away that, you know, you just you just grow up quick, you know. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why it's so cool. And I, I thought about coaching throughout that time too. Yeah. Just learning those different those different bodies, man. That's what's exciting now about where you're at and what you're about to build. And it's like just knowing that you've had good coaches from the get go, though. I mean, like you've had a mentor like Powell. You've had the guys yeah. at Minnesota. You've learned from Terry. I mean, you got all that coming in here. And so yeah. excited to watch Perry. Uh, I dude, Perry, Oklahoma, dude. I'm trying to dude, have another documentary, God. man. I didn't even know about You're going to do that one. I will. Let's <laughs> do it. I didn't even know about Perry, Oklahoma. Did you? No. I, I'm like, how have we all been involved in wrestling? Unless you're an Oklahoma person, maybe you know about it. But I had a chance on you and he was talking about all these stats. It's like unbelievable stats. No, I know. And you, I can't wait to, I haven't seen that film yet. I've saw, I was uh, listening to you and the yeah. director, but no, that's what I'm trying to do, man. I think the same thing. Like there's every kid you could develop. Um, it's a small town where there's not much success now. So, so how do you start? Like I was thinking about this driving here and like how we were going to talk about the interview. So like, let's say, I don't know, first team meetings in November one, right? Or maybe you already know everyone on the team and you're meeting with them. How do you design like what technique you're going to show first? Like, do you go high crotch? Like, do you have a whole system of like setups and finishes and all that? Or like, how, how do you, yeah, I'm trying to write most of that. There's going to be lots of drills. Um, they need to develop that athleticism. We were talking about balance is a big thing. Mm -hmm. The guy who could stand his feet the longest in the match is the guy who's going to win. And that's, not there. They're gonna fall right to their back now. Yeah. But just being 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 an athlete, doing drills, grabbing a bag, um, keeping your hips underneath you. So very simple. And they're not gonna like the first couple weeks, but the fun will happen once you start winning. I mean, that's where yeah. That's the different athlete. Like when you got um and like for instance, like a Clay Carlson, he he wasn't he was our all American at South Dakota. Okay. So he, he wasn't the guy to, you know, do the splits and scramble. He was going to keep picking you apart. And when you, those kind of guys, you kind of have to make it a job of some sort and that's where it becomes fun. Yeah. Right. You learn it as you go. And when you could figure out what you're good at and there are a few things, you could still have a lot of success. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where Powell under that Powell understood that. Yeah. But there's, and then there's other guys, man, the Spencer Lee's and the Nesses and the, I just so. like that the great coaches don't make them do it like that way. Like you can't make Spencer Lee wrestle like even like a Tom Brands. You know, they're way mm -hmm. different styles, you know, and absolutely that's what's cool about it. You know, you read about like Phil Jackson, the Bulls coach, or obviously Gable even like they're people person. They're they're mm -hmm. masters at handling personalities. Like, For sure. You know, like yes. think about like that ninety seven team. You got Joe Williams. I'm talking about Iowa. You got yeah. Joe Williams, who's, you know, way different than Ironside. Right. And, but you still, you got to managing it, both of them up. So that's like what Two a great coach, totally different athletes. Yeah. But yeah, that that's what I was going to say with like the coach that I grew up with. Like he beat us down, like to where we would cry. Me and my brother would just drill. We would do sprints again. We drill and we would just break down. And the things that he taught me I look back and I'm like, yeah, they were everything to me. I was going to do it no matter what. Yeah. And that's what made me great. But now like the technique has changed, right? It's like, I never really believed in the technique. 
I believed in the guy the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you get a little vulnerable. Maybe you got to beat them up. Most of the time you're in a sauna. Most of the time you're running them through sprints. You're you're getting in a very, very vulnerable state. So that's where it becomes fun for me. That's why I'm still working out every day and I'm deciding to wrestle in this event. And there's like Perry's putting up, putting it on a projector. And are my, they? My kids are going to watch it. Yes. You yeah. know, so I'm, I'm like, dude, this is all, it's all working out. Who like, are you wrestling this, tonight? Um, uh, McChrystal. Oh, name? Colton McChrystal. Yeah, nice. That'll be yeah. fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Well, I I'm so pumped we got to do this. I can't believe we're doing this in Iowa. I mean, I know yeah. you're a Chicago guy now. I'm living close to Oak Park, but yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad we got to sync up and do this, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. No, thanks for fitting me in, man. Dude, oh, it's yeah. gonna be fun. And good luck tonight, brother. Team Illinois, we got to sit together Thank tonight. You, we're about to be in a hostile crowd of Iowans tonight. I'm excited, <laughs> man. We got to grow Iowa wrestling, and we got to get this push out rule. Gotta so, get the push out rule. Let yeah. me ask you, riding time, keep it or leave it? Ah, you still got to keep it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Us Americans, you still got to hold a guy down, right? To to physically beat, punish a man too and control him. You got to hold a guy down, right? So let's keep that in America. We'll keep that one in America. The push, the push out, out rule we got to add. Overtime, you like it or you you have criteria or do you like overtime? Um, I say go to the takedown. Yeah. Criteria is growing on me, but I'm with you. It's still confusing unless you really know what to watch for. Very confusing. So, yeah, I'm a a guy on your feet, man. Freestyle. Love it. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see you tonight. And thanks again for doing the show, brother. Thanks for having me. And that's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you to our sponsor, Spartan Combat. And coming Monday, August 30th, we will be releasing our next audio documentary series. It's called Slaying Satyev. It's a story about the biggest upset in wrestling history that took place at the 2000 Olympics. We put a ton of time into these audio docs, so it would mean the world to me if you would check out Slang Satyev on Monday, August 30th, right here on this platform. Peace!